Hey there, everybody. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Well, today I'm gonna be discussing the episode season one, episode 21, entitled Won't You Go Home, Comma, Bob Danish. Why do we gotta see this guy again? I'm asking you writers why. Because this episode sounds so not needed. Like, it's a filler episode before the season finale. So, the description here, courtesy of IMDb, is an old suitor of Kate's accidentally crashes his small plane on the grounds of the Stratton's estate after flying low over the house in an effort to impress her. Uh, major eye roll there. And Edward reluctantly invites him to stay due to his injured leg. You don't owe that guy anything, Edward. Why are we... This episode aired on March 5th, 1983, and it has a 6.2 out of 10 rating based on 3,087 ratings. This episode was directed by Jack Shea and 12 other people and writers Martin Cohen and 50, 50, holy, whoa, was this 56 other people? I'm not naming all of them. Oh, here we go. Here's a user review. Wait a minute. Hold on. What's going on here? Oops. Hold on, guys. I'm on the wrong screen. (laughs) Whoopsie. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Okay. Let's see. 6.8 out of 10 based on 21 ratings. Well, that sounds a lot better. Directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Duklin. The creator... Also, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, also creators, Bob Illes, I-L-L-E-S, Teleplay, Teleplay also by James R. Stein, story by Stephen Pritzker, creator Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, and Howard Leeds. There's no trivia for this one. Nope. Well... Before I get into the episode, um, I always like to say that there are ways you can follow the podcast by going to the Facebook page. Together, we're going to find our way in an official Silverspoons podcast. You can follow along there so you can get updates on the episode. You can also go to iTunes and subscribe, or and you can also go to SoundCloud and subscribe as well. Under the Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast slash together we're going to find our way a Silver Spoons podcast. That way you guys don't miss an episode. Uh, Instagram also, you can go to Punky Power PV podcast and follow along there or Silver Spoons podcast. If you'd like to shoot me an email, you can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to talk about Punky Brewster... You can send me an email at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. I've had a weird week. Um, Wednesday, I ended up breaking the arm on my glasses, which sucks because you can't replace them. So, I have to deal with these safety glasses that I got for work that have lenses in them until I get the glasses that I've ordered, which will take about two weeks, which is gonna, oh, it already sucks. I don't like it. I've had those glasses for just about as long as I've had Quinn. I've had these glasses for six years. And I really liked them. They're really nice. And let me tell you, picking out glasses is really frustrating. They're very, very expensive. I mean, I was looking at frames that went from like 179 to 230 something to 300. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not spending that much. Luckily, I found a rack of glasses that only cost about 79 bucks, which I tried on a few. And the frames I picked were red, which I'm, well, I like, I liked them. Um, I mean, they didn't have a lot of choices for that price, but I'm happy with what I picked out. It just, it really is frustrating. Well, yeah. 
you get used to a pair of glasses and everything. They break. And I swear sometimes it feels like I don't know my own strength. But, alright, let's uh, jump right into this episode. I kind of just want to get this one over with to get to the uh, the better one coming uh, next week. So, Alright, so we come out of the intro and the Stratton living room comes up. We see Phil has made an appearance in the corner. He's wearing all red. Very nice, Phil. Phil, if you don't know, is the uh, stuffed mannequin guy. I think he's been in the background since the first episode. We get a rooster crowing, which I'm like, where is that coming from? And just birds singing, like, okay, it's more, we get it, it's morning time. And I don't see anybody anywhere in, in this room. We do hear a plane outside. So they're going to get right to this guy, Bob Danish, crashing onto the Stratton property. Now, it seems like when we get a shot of the French doors in the past, it's been kind of dark. You don't really get to see a lot of what's out there. There's some trees, some greenery. It's a nice little, I'm not going to call it a lanai like the Golden Girls, but there's a nice um, patio area out there with one of those uh, latticed back chairs. Or benches. So it looks really nice. The camera starts to shake as to show that there is a crash happening. Or a airplane that is flying too low to the ground. As Ricky comes down the stairs, running down the stairs in his bathrobe. Clearly this noise is what is waking up the house. Everyone's like wondering what's going on. I mean, this is New York. It's not an earthquake. I was telling Jeremy, um, when I walked out of Subway yesterday, <clears throat> and, um, there's a, a small little airport nearby, and I told Jeremy, I'm like, I have not been that close to a plane since I was actually on a plane. The, 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 the plane clearly, I guess, was coming in for a landing, and it was, like, really low. I'm like, whoa! It's like, Like, that was really loud. Now, the important thing is to remain calm. Okay, Dad. All right. I want you to go to the phone and call the fire department. Okay, Dad. And, Rick, don't forget to mention that there's an airplane burning out of control in our rose garden. <laughs> Dad, look! Hi, Eddie. I'd say we had a uh, bit of a plane crash. <laughs> Smoke? No, thanks. Those things will kill you. <laughs> Bob, was there anybody else in the plane? No, just me. Of course, uh, Bob Dennis is enough for any cockpit. <laughs> Help me get him out of this. Come on. Uh, get on your feet, Bob. Yeah. All right. All right. That's good. Oh, oh. Bob, you okay? Hey, no sweat, Scooter. It's cool. Oh, Bill, excuse me. Gotta get to my plane. That little lady needs me. Oh, Bob, you've hurt your leg. It's all right. Gotta back up. <laughs> Let me get you inside. I'll get you a cup of coffee or something. No, it's my plane out there. Nothing's gonna stop me from getting to her. I'll take that coffee now, Eddie. <laughs> So, Edward and Ricky run down the stairs, and they look out the French doors, and apparently the crash has already happened. There is a plane that is burning in the rose bushes. Calmly, Edward does not panic at all. He tells Ricky, like, remain calm. I want you to go call the fire department, let them know the situation. And then, all of a sudden, Bob falls out of the tree that's right there. On the back porch. Apparently he used his, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, parachute, yes. Got stuck in a tree. And he ends up falling and messing up his leg. 
course, he wants to go back to his plane, which is now a burning inferno. Because he turned down Edward's offer for coffee, but then he looks at Edward like, you know what, I think I'll take you up on that coffee now. And right away when they saw the guy, they recognized him, and uh, uh, Ricky's like, Dad, that's Bob Danish. Like, yeah, remember the guy uh, that went on that date with uh, Kate to that uh, opera concert, and you professed your love to Kate right there in front of him? That guy? The guy who is a very, very major disgusting sexist pig of a man. So, Edward brings Bob Danish into the living room. He's kind of got his arm uh, draped over Edward so he can kind of put his weight on his good leg and not his bad leg. As we hear sirens blaring because the fire department is there. So, Edward kind of places Bob there on the couch to just rest for a bit. So, Ricky's still out on the, uh, the back porch there, and it's really, really smoky as Ricky's kind of, uh, letting us know what's going on. They're putting out the fire in the Rose Garden, and now the greenhouse is on fire. He's got a greenhouse, too? Wow, okay. Dang. Yeah, Ricky's kind of narrating what's going on, because we really can't see anything then other than him, and then him kind of shrouded in smoke and everything. So, Ricky's kind of saying, like, oh, the firemen are trying to get inside of the greenhouse. We hear glass shattering, and it's like, oh, yeah, they made it inside. And then, of course, he's a he's a 12-year-old boy. Of course, he's going to think all this excitement of firemen coming to put out a fire and everything like that. It's probably the most action he's seen in a very long time. Like, wow, this is neat. And I'm sure Edward is like, no, it's not. So, I like Edward's response here. He says, Rick, the backyard is a total inferno. Okay? It's not neat. <laughs> of course, Bob Danish takes the time to chime in with, like, oh, lighten up. He's just a kid. This is his first disaster. I'd be like, Bob, you can shut your mouth because this has nothing to do. In fact, this is actually, no, I'm sorry, it does have something to do because this is all your fault. So shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip. Good news. They just realized that the greenhouse is burning down. Why am I trying to get inside? They're inside. <laughs> this is neat. Rick, the backyard is an inferno. Total destruction is not neat. I know. It's just a kid. Probably his first disaster. Danish, what's the matter with you? Don't you realize what's happened here? You have crashed an airplane. And there are pieces of it all over my backyard. You have caused unbelievable damage and destruction. My goof, okay? I would like to know why your plane fell down in my backyard. And if you say to me, hey, man, it was gravity, I will kill you. Bob, start explaining now. Okie dokie doke. I was making a cargo run for uh, Pam Ann Air Freight. Remember I told you about them? Yeah, Pam and Ann. They're the ladies that are on your plane. Right as rain, Scooter. Call me Rick. Sure, Scooter. <laughs> Anywho, I uh, knew I'd be flying over your pad, so I figured I'd buzz the place. Sort of tip my wings low, you know? <laughs> you buzzed my house? That was dangerous. Not in the hands of a skilled pilot. <laughs> Bob, why would you buzz our house? We hardly even know you. <laughs> We're all guys here, right? Well, the truth is, I wanted to impress my old flame, Eddie's secretary, Kate Summers. Bob, Kate doesn't live here. Kate has her own apartment. I mean, I endangered my life and destroyed Pam Am's one and only plane for nothing. <laughs> Boy, is my face red. So, Edward is not too keen to be told to calm down. It's no big deal. No, he lays in to Bob Danish and says, Why in the world did you fly over my house? We learn that Bob wanted to impress Kate, Edward's secretary. I thought at first Edward was going to say, Well, Kate and... I are actually dating. No, actually, 
<laughs> Edward, which makes sense, says, Bob, do you know that Kate does not live here? She has her own apartment. And he, apparently Bob did not know that. Which, go down, Kate, because please don't tell that man where you live. <laughs> he keeps calling Ricky, he keeps calling Rick Scooter. Like, all right, Scooter, and Ricky's like, call me Rick. Okay, Scooter, like, ugh, stop. <laughs> so while all this is going on, we see police running in. We see guys in hazmat suits running in, all trying to get this mess cleaned up. So apparently Bob delivers crates of cargo or cargo or stuff for Pan and Am or Pam Am or whatever. And uh, he asks Edward to get him the phone to make a call. And of course Edward wants to bludgeon him over the head with the phone as Ricky takes it out of Edward's hands and hands it to Bob. So Ricky pulls Edward aside and says, hey, don't you think this is a little weird that Bob's acting like this is no big deal to him? And Edward's like, yeah, because he's an idiot. So good old Bob Danish here, he, uh, after his call to Pam, Pam Am, whatever, <laughs> telling her, guess, here, let me make a joke out of this, what's metal and twisted and, like, spread all over the backyard of the Stratton, uh, estate. It's your airline. What do you say? It's your airline, babe, or something. Ay, ay, ay. Um, this man has taken no short of time to make himself at home as he's eating something and flipping through the newspaper. Ay, ay, ay. He's also got his foot bandaged up and a cold compress sack sitting on top of it. Like, you guys can be hospitable as much as you feel you have to, but... And I, I don't think anything of a lawsuit on any end is coming of this, which is... I don't know. I mean, the guy only flew his plane over the Stratton estate because he wanted to impress Kate. Like, uh... Edward and Rick are just st standing there right by the couch... Watching Bob just shoving food in his face and flipping through the paper. Having a good old time, just lazing back. <laughs> Ricky's got his arms crossed. Edward's got his hands in his pockets, just like, Ugh. I'm sure they're going to ask, when are you leaving, Bob? Because we've had enough of you. <laughs> possibly happen here. Oh, Bob. I'm fine, kitten. Bob. There, there, it's all over now. Shh, it's okay, it's okay. Bob. Yeah, that's enough. Hey, buddy, do I detect a little jealousy here? <laughs> Bob, Kate and I happen to be in love with each other. Maybe. But I happen to think she ended up with you on the rebound from me. Rebound? Huh? Bob, we've never bounded. You're unbelievable. That's the rumor. Bob, wait a minute. I thought you told me you were living with Pam. How come you're making hits on Kate if you're living with another woman? Hey, just because a man doesn't have the shoes he wants doesn't mean he has to go barefoot, huh? <laughs> So, Edward takes that uh, cold conference pack, puts it on the side of his head, like, I can't believe this. That's when Kate comes in, and she's like, there are a crowd of people outside. There's this big crash out there. What's going on? It's almost like she expects, like, them not to know what's going on. And she sees Bob there, who gets up, walks over to her, embraces her, like, oh, there, there, Kate. It's okay. I'm fine. Blah, blah. And... Kate's trying to get a word out, but she's kind of muffled as her face is, like, pressed into his jacket. Edward finally steps in, pulls Kate back, and says, All right, Bob, that's enough. You don't... Kate and I are actually in love. And... And then Bob makes a joke about how Kate... That's only because Kate was on the rebound from him. And Kate looks at him like, We've never... 
found it or anything. We, we like we were never together. Whatever you think this is. And Ricky makes the point, like, how can you be living with this Pam person and then still be trying to get schmoozy with Kate? And the guy makes the deal, like, just because uh, I'm not wearing... It's not about wearing shoes. Just because I'm not wearing the right shoes doesn't mean I have to go barefoot. Or, like, because someone's not interested in me, I'll just shack up with whoever in the meantime. And Ricky takes the compress and puts it on his head like I've had enough of this guy I think we all have had enough of this Bob Danish so Edward takes matters into his own hands and he sees like what about Pam I thought she was supposed to be picking you up I mean I don't mean to be rude but I want you the hell out of my house yes thank you Edward cut to the chase get this guy out of your house supposed to pick you up? I don't want to be rude here, but I'd like you the hell out of my house. <laughs> I hope uh, Pam has cooled down a little. Don't worry, Bob. If Pam doesn't come for you right away, you can stay with us for a while. Hey. <laughs> uh, Bob, would you excuse us for just a minute? <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> Ricky, where the heck do you get off just up and saying, yeah, you can stay here, Bob. You, you want him gone. You do not want that man to stick around. Because apparently this Pam is angry that he crashed her um, airplane. So I guess he wants to give her time to cool off. And I thought Ricky said, if Pam won't come and get you, I thought he was going to say something like, we'll gladly drive you to her. But don't, like, invite that man to stay in your home any longer than he really he doesn't even technically need to either he's got a messed up leg just go take him to this pam's house and drop him off there and say sayonara so yeah edward did (laughs) do the thing of like excuse us bob as he takes ricky by the shoulders and he's probably gonna say son you did not have the right to go and offer our place to that man (laughs) We want him gone. Uh, Son, it was real nice of you to offer our house as a place for Bob to stay. I'm proud of you for being so compassionate. Thanks, Dad. Don't you ever do that again. (laughs) I want him. I feel sorry for Bob Danish. I mean, he tries to act cool about everything, but I think that inside he's really scared. Son, if you had to be Bob Danish, you'd be scared too. <laughs> hey, you two. Hey, you two. My ears are burning. Listen, <laughs> you don't have to worry about Roberto Danishero. I'll be able to handle Pam. Bob, now you're absolutely sure that you're going to be staying with Pam. I guarantee it. <laughs> Great. Well, in that case, well, if, if, if you had to, you could stay with us. For a while. Briefly. <laughs> hey, I, I, won't be necessary, but I appreciate the offer, huh? So, yeah, uh, Edward pulls Rick aside and says, Hey, buddy, uh, I, I like that you're... Um, hospitable and everything you have a good heart but we do not want that man staying with us bob of course overhears them talking like hey my ears are burning you must be talking about me and edward's like now are you really staying with this pam person and bob's like yeah yeah i am and so edward's like well if it's only for a day or so or whatever like you can stay with us briefly briefly Because he at first says for a while, but then he adds briefly, like, yeah. Like, as soon as you can walk proper without that bandage on your foot, your butt's out the door. So, there's, uh, the doorbell, and Edward opens it, and we get this lady who almost looks like a dead ringer for Kate, like, literally. Who is this lady? I'm gonna look her up. So, I looked this lady up. Her name is actually Pam. Pam Murphy, who was on an episode of Little House on the Prairie in 1982. The episode is season 8, 14. The Legacy, which does have a present day, um, 
to it, where um, Charles makes a folding leaf table with a large eye branded on it and everything. Cause it, it's a pretty cool episode. I like it. But anyway, um, yeah, but this lady, like I said, she, this woman looks like Kate. And I can see maybe Bob Danish's appeal in Kate, or maybe, like, I can't have Kate, so I'll have someone who's almost like her doppelganger. So, it's this Pam lady. She cannot stand Bob Danish. He ruined her life. I didn't know she owns an airplane, but uh, she's got a box full of his garbage that she promptly throws on the floor after screaming at him, I never want to see you, you ruined my life. And she's also got a suitcase, which is probably filled with his clothes and whatnot. So, Pam leaves out of there after shrieking in Bob's face and stomping on something, I'm not sure what that was on the ground. And he goes over, puts his arm around, Edward says, you know what, I think I'll take you up on that offer to stick around. Oh boy. So in the next scene, Ricky's looking at a photo album, and we see Bob come in eating some form of a sandwich with some beef in it. And I just noticed that poor Phil, the mannequin, he's got his red hat on, but he's got like a blue tank top-ish thing with some boxer shorts. Bob, did you take that red tracksuit off of poor Phil? So now Phil is left in his underwear? That's real great. And Ricky kind of looks at Bob like, uh, that's prime rib that you're eating. In the last three days, you've eaten ten pounds of it. So basically, Bob is eating them out of house and home. Prime rib is expensive. I can't remember the last time I had that, but it's good. I'm going to play this clip here. Hi, Scooter. On a sandwich? Pretty tasty. I think it's some kind of beef. It's prime rib, Bob. And in the last three days, you've eaten ten pounds of it. <laughs> hey, I see you're looking through my scrapbook, huh? Yeah, I couldn't resist when I saw the cover. A pictorial history of Bob Danish. <laughs> my very first swimming lesson. Oh, I see you getting artificial respiration. <laughs> Who's that? That's the greatest man who ever walked the earth, my dad, Dan Danish. Boy, what's he holding? That device is what made my dad a legend in the Saginaw area. He was acknowledged by all he met as the world's greatest traveling Brannock salesman. What's a Brannock? Those little metal things you use to uh, measure your feet when you get shoes. Oh, a Brannock! <laughs> yeah. Now, my dad always said he could have invented the Brannock. Had the idea, but he never did anything about it. If he had, I'd be a rich man today and you'd be measuring your feet with a Danish. <laughs> Was the greatest man who ever walked the earth your dad, Dan Danish, bitter? man who ever walked the earth, my dad, Dan Danish, was not bitter. Although when he died, he was a broken man. Oh, so I guess it did bother him. No, piano fell on him. <laughs> no, I sure miss my dad, Dan Danish. He used to call me Scooter Scooter. He used to call you Scooter Scooter? No, just Scooter Scooter. <laughs> Skip it. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was the apple of my dad's eye. But I think he'd be pretty disappointed if he could see how down and out I am now. Oh, don't worry, Bob. Things are gonna get better for you. Huh. By the way, I was meaning to ask you. What's this? Ah, uh, that's my parsley. That's a souvenir from my one and only dinner with Kate. You really like her, don't you? Yeah, that gal's the greatest thing since lava lamps. So at first I thought Ricky was looking at a photo album of like his family or something like that, but no, it's actually Bob Danish's photo album of Pictures of him as a kid, his dad, Dan Danish, who Bob apparently calls him by his 
first and last name. And Abranic, I'm guessing, like, his, his dad wanted to make that thing that you, like, check the size of your feet. I mean, I had that done for me when I was a kid and trying on shoes. But then again, it, I mean, after a while, now that I'm older, like, I've had to try on shoes and stuff. Um, I just stick my feet in them. I'm like, oh, this one fits. Oh, this one. And that's the thing. I struggle with, like, like size 8. Whether it's got to be, like, an 8 wide. Or sometimes it's got to be, like, an 8 and a half. Or something like that. And it just... Shoes are all... I don't know what's with, with my feet. And they... Shoes all come in all different sizes. Like, one... Like, oh, this is an 8. They should fit. fit. It doesn't fit. Like, mm. But, um... And I guess Bob saved a piece of parsley from his first and last date with Kate. And Ricky kind of realizes that, like, oh, you must really like Kate then. And Bob, refer like, says something like, yeah, I like her as much as I like a lava lamp or, or like a lava lamp or something. So, I guess they're just kind of reminiscing about uh, their fathers and, or Bob. Bob's really depressed and he's down and I guess he says that... Like, his dad used to call him Scooter. Like, he calls Ricky Scooter. Like, uh, okay. And apparently a piano... That's how his dad died. A piano fell on him. How cartoonish. I mean, but Bob Danish is such a big cartoon, it's not even funny. Edward comes in, and Bob's like, Oh, you got a call from somebody. And Edward does a come-hither motion, like... And, like, who is it? Who, who called for me? And Bob's all like, what does this mean? And Edward's like, it means who called for me. Ding, ding. Uh, Eddie? Yeah, Bob? They had an urgent call while you were out. <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean, Eddie? That means who called, Bob? <laughs> really? I would have done. <laughs> who called? See, my way works. <laughs> anyway, he said it was important that you call him back right away. Who? Do you know a guy named Larry? Yeah, I know several Larrys. Maybe it was Harry. <laughs> I wrote it down. Rick into the library area because he's like, Rick, we gotta talk. Apparently, it was not Larry, Gary, Barry, Jerry. It was Frank when he pu Bob pulls out the name that he wrote down. Like, that's not even close to Larry, Barry, Jerry, Gary, whatever. <laughs> Edward's had enough of this guy. And I, I'm sure that Rick and Kate have as well. Like, the guy, you made nice, let him stay for a bit, a few days. He's worn out his welcome since day one. And he's getting on everyone's nerves. So, let's play this clip. Edward's probably gonna say, this guy's gotta get out of here. I do not want him in my home. I didn't want him to begin with. Rick, he has got to go. I'm not running a shelter for people who mix up Harry and Frank. Edward, I feel that I'm responsible for this. I mean, Bob wouldn't even be here if he hadn't buzzed the house for me, so I think I should be the one to tell him to leave. No, Kate, it's my house. I should tell him. No, I should do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Edward tells Rook, this guy's gotta go. I don't want him in my house anymore. And Kate says, maybe I should be the one to tell him. Because if it weren't for me, he never would have, as they say, buzzed the house. So as in flying by when the airplane is buzzed. Um, Edward's like, no, this is my house. I should do it. And Kate's like, no, I will do it. So let's play the clip and find out. Hopefully she gives him the boot. Says, get out of here. I don't want to see your face. Go away. Bob, could we talk for a second? Sure. <laughs> What's on your mind, babe? Bob, you can't stay here. <laughs> That's not really what you want to say, is it, Kate? Yes, it is. That's exactly what I want to say. <laughs> oh, come on. We both know what's happening here. The truth is, you can't stand having me so close. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> the truth is, you want me back. Where does that come from? Can't you see that I'm in love with Edward? <laughs> I'll admit that little trick worked for a while. Made me jealous. <laughs> Until I realized they were just waiting for the great Dane to make his move. Okay, Kate. You talked me into moving in with you. What? I don't want you to move in with me. I don't want you anywhere near me. Sure, and Orson Welles is anorexic, right? <laughs> Try to understand this, Bob. I don't ever want to see you again. And I'm not saying this to make you jealous. I'm saying this because I just don't like you. I shouldn't have said that. You don't like me. I didn't mean it. Really, I didn't. Well, Bob Danish does not stay where he's not wanted. to talk to Bob who's sitting on the couch and the fact that she sits down next to him I would not if you're gonna have a serious discussion with this guy who you know has a crush her he's really into you because he gets way up into her personal space and saying stuff like oh I know the reason you don't want me near is because you you still love me and blah 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 and she finally has had it with him she's like I don't want you anywhere near me. In fact, I don't like you. And she says it so matter of fact that even for a half a split second, seeing his face fall like that with the recognition or realization that someone really, like, literally does not like you. For a split half a second, I felt for for a split second... And the guy, at first I thought he was going to, like, laugh it off. Like, no, no, you don't mean that. But he just looks at her like, oh, you don't like me. Well, I guess Bob Danish doesn't stay where he's not wanted. And then he hobbles off outside. And Kate comes in and she feels, well, at first, when she says I don't like you and everything and he's reacting this way, she's like, oh, but I didn't mean it like that. Kate, don't backpedal. He needs to hear this. Otherwise, he, that man... He is a sexual predator. He really is. He preys around upon women who do not share or welcome his advances. I would not want that man anywhere near me. So now Kate's going to go into the library and she's going to let Edward and Rick know how this all went down. Oh yeah, by the way, Bob also went off with that tracksuit. Phil's red tracksuit, by the way. How'd it go? He's leaving. <laughs> but I really think I hurt his feelings. Oh, gee, that's too bad. I'll call him a cab. <laughs> Dad, I'm confused. About what, son? 
But you're always telling me that it's important to be sensitive to other people's feelings. Well, yeah, that 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 is important. And how come you don't care if Bob's feelings are hurt? Ricky's right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll have a talk with Bob. I'll try to make him feel better. And I promise I'll be sensitive to his feelings. Dad, if it's okay, uh, I'd like to talk to Bob. No, I think I should do it. No, I should. Okay. So Kate comes in, she tells Edward, like, hey, I did it, it's done, I told him he has to go, I told him I don't like him, and Edward is so thrilled and excited, as you hear in the clip, you don't see him jumping up onto his desk in celebration. Of course, you know, Kate says, you know, I feel like I've hurt his feelings, and Edward's like, oh, yeah, um, I guess I should call him a cab, (laughs) and Ricky is like, He's getting kind of like, yeah, she seems like she must have really hurt his feelings, like he's really down and how maybe she shouldn't have done that and everything. I'm like, no, she, he needed to hear that because he would not let up. So Edward's supposed to have a talk with him, but then Ricky's like, no, it should be me. Guys, we just covered this. I thought he was leaving. I don't like this man. And honestly, I'm going to be clearly honest with y'all. This has got to be one of the lowest rated that I'm going to rate of this entire first season. This is one of the worst episodes. I don't like it. And I think it's primarily because of Bob Danish. I don't like that man. So Bob's got his box of stuff as he's coming down the stairs with his... Bandaged, bandaged foot. How you doing, Bob? Had a rough week, Scooter. I was dealt with a bad hand, but Dennis is don't fold. I'll be just uh, fine. That didn't happen. Get me, Scooter. You were, uh, you were starting to cry, weren't you? Me? Bob Danish? Come on, I never cried a day in my life. The greatest man who ever walked the earth, my dad, Dan Danish, told me real men don't cry. My dad was never wrong. Till he decided to stop being a salesman and get into piano moving. <laughs> well, in my opinion, the greatest man who ever walked the earth is my dad. Edward Stratton III. And he says that it's okay for a man to cry. Eddie said that? Yeah. He says that when, you, uh, when you're hurt inside, crying helps get rid of the pain. And once all the bad feelings are out, you don't hurt so much. So I just want you to know that you don't have to be embarrassed if you want to cry. Oh, you're a good kid, Scooter. I appreciate what you're trying to do here, but... Uh... There is no way that Bob Danish is going to cry. I will not allow that to happen. I'm pretty darn good at it. (laughs) 
So Ricky comes out of the library, asks Bob how he's doing as he comes down the stairs, and Bob's like, oh, don't worry about me, Scooter, I'll be just fine. As you can kind of see he's getting a little weepy-eyed there. And Bob mentions about how Danishes don't cry, because his last name is Danish, and how his dad was a great man until he got from... Stopped being a salesman and started being a piano mover or something to that effect. And then Ricky mentions about how his dad is a great man who says that it's there's nothing wrong with a man that needs to cry and expresses expresses emotions. And out of uh, Bob's surprise, he looks at Rick because he calls Edward Eddie. He's like Eddie said that, and Rick's like yeah. And Bob just lets loose and just cries all over Ricky's sweater vest. And Ricky grabs, you know, he pats Bob on the head and everything. Like, there, there, it's okay, okay. And grabs like, um, like a, a big wadded hanky and hands it to Bob. Like, here, didn't you feel better? And Bob's like, yeah, yeah, I did. That was my first ever cry. He takes the crumpled up hanky and puts it in that uh, big red um, photo album memory scrapbook thing. <laughs> so, Edward and Kate come out after hearing the commotion of what was that sound. Oh, you were crying? And Bob stands up after he picks up his photo album slash scrapbook and says, damn straight woman. And then he's like, oh, well, looks like I've been cleared for takeoff as he shakes Edward's hand and everything. Like, yes, you need to go, buddy. And Bob even, you know, says, Ed, Ed, Eddie, there, you got a great kid. He's a very good kid. Like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> he turns to Ricky and says, so long, Scoop. I mean, thanks, Rick. Like, he calls him by his Thank you, Bob. Yes, call him by his name. It's not Scooter. So, before Bob goes, he turns to Kate, because she actually does kiss him on the cheek. Like, so long, Bob. Goodbye. And he turns to her and quotes... Something about, um, paper, paper and pen or, or something to that effect. But I'm going to play the clip here in a second. And he said no s words were truer said or something. I I'm just going to play the clip. Rick, what was that awful sound? <laughs> were you crying? Damn straight, woman. <laughs> well, it looks like I'm cleared for takeoff. So long, Eddie. You got a great kid here. Well, thank you, Bob. And good luck to you. Try not to destroy any major facilities. <laughs> so long, Scoot. So long, Rick. So long, Bob. I wish you all the best, Bob. I know, babe. <laughs> said words of tongue and pen, saddest are these, what might have been. Gee, what a beautiful quotation. Who wrote that? Uh, some clown at a match factory. <laughs> So, Kay says, oh, that was beautiful. What's that quote from? And he pulls out a book of matches out of his, uh, Bob pulls out some matches out of his jacket pocket. And he's like, oh, some schmo from a match book company or something of that effect. And that's the end of the episode as he leaves. Thank goodness this episode is done. I, like I said, I didn't like it. Not one bit. Um... As far as for the train rating, I'm going to give it a 2. A 2 out of 5. Um, I don't really want to rate it a 1. I mean, there are a couple things. Um, Kate telling Bob off, saying, I don't even like you. But then, of course, she regrets what she said because she realized she hurt his feelings. And then... Ricky coming out and comforting Bob and patting his head after he has a good cry. Of course, the things I didn't like, Bob just being there, period, and just walking around eating food for three to ten pounds of prime rib, him crashing his plane on their property and not caring, 
And I'm coming on to Kate. Even though she's with Edward. I'm basically not taking no for an answer. I did not like that. I'd have to say for the silver spoonful, I'm going to go with... If you're looking to impress somebody, please don't crash an airplane onto their property. That is not how you want to do that. And especially if someone gave you the brush off that they're not interested and actually started making out with someone else that they're actually in love with in front of you, that's a sure sign they don't care about you. They don't want a romantic relationship with you either. So go away. So the next episode we're going to talk about is season 1 episode 22 entitled The X-Team. This episode aired on April 30th, 1983. The X-Team. Kate catches Ricky and his friends watching an X-rated film during a sleepover, and she insists that he tell his father what happened. This episode's got a 6.8 based on 28 ratings on IMDb. <laughs> oh, there's goofs here. As the three boys talk in Ricky's room, first five to ten minutes, you can see Ricky Schroeder mouth the other actors' lines as they deliver them. Well, I will be looking out for that. So, let's give a shout out to the podcast listeners for the week. We have... Mm. Sorry, I have something on my tongue. Blech. Uh, Reno, Nevada. Republic of... What is that? Hold on a second, guys. Sorry. Republic of Korea. G-E-U-M-C-H-E-O-N. I can't pronounce that. Wellesley, Massachusetts. Baldwin Park, California. Dallas, Texas. Covington, Kentucky. Staten Island, New York. La Habra, California. Laurel, Maryland. Bang. Galore, India, Jacksonville, Florida, Boxford, Massachusetts, Brussels, Belgium, Los Angeles, California, and West Bloomfield, Michigan. All right. Everyone have a wonderful Saturday evening. And I will be back. Actually, I'll be back tomorrow with the season one finale, The X Team. Then we will jump into season two on February 3rd. All right. Have a good night, everybody.